BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome into Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast. We are perched high above the practice fields here at Gillette Stadium alongside Phil Perry. We're going to hear from Peter King from NBC. He's on his 39th annual camp tour. And he's got some interesting insights on Mac Jones and Bill Belichick and what Mac means to Bill's legacy. But we're going to bring in Phil right now. Watch this. Phil, come on in here. I'm here. What do we got? Let's talk about the tail end of the second practice of training camp where the Patriots defense summarily rose to the occasion and squelched every offensive opportunity. What in God's name? I didn't expect that to happen. I don't know if anybody expected that to happen. For the defense to be as dominant as they were, Tom, the music was blaring, so the communication was hampered a little bit on the offensive side of the ball, but they're down in the red zone, 11 on 11, and the offense went 10 consecutive snaps without a completion. 10 for 10 for the defensive side, and they only ran 11 total, but everything came down to that 11th snap. The offense, I don't want to say they cheated, but they ran a little quick rollout pass to Hunter Henry, almost impossible to defend for like a five-yard game when they're on the five-yard line. So the offense ends up scoring a touchdown on the last play, and the defense, after dominating for 10 straight plays, has to then do push-ups. They were the losers in the end, and we got some great reaction from defensive backs as to how they felt about the fact that they were losers after having such a great period, but it was a great period for the defense, and you have to look at the flip side and say the offense is going to want to have that period back, Tom. We're two days deep into Patriots training camp, and so far I think the energy on both sides of the football and generally in the practice is standing out. When we look at this practice, too, it's an extension, as Bill Belichick pointed out, of phase three. So it's a mini camp style deal. They are in shorts and shells they have this yeah shoulder pads i don't think they have the little shoulder pads on i think they're just jerseys and helmets jerseys and helmets so uh not a lot of contact on the lines certainly nobody's being tackled to the ground there are some collisions and bumping and grinding in the back Mm. end Mm. in coverage but generally speaking we're not going to see the high level activity and contact until beginning of next week but the energy is interesting to observe because This is a team that is trying to forge an identity. And the Patriots' identity for 20 years heading into 2019 was very constant. And they had a goal in mind. They knew who they were, and they knew what they were trying to be. I would contend that 2020 and 2021, they were still trying to figure it out. Now I think they know what they want to be, and they're just in a position where they're trying to start to achieve it. So they... As Phil pointed out yesterday, and I'm prattling on here, but Phil pointed out that Mac Jones acting out a little bit more and being more vocal and energized that you can see, he's in a position now where he can do that. And I even saw it today, even though the results weren't there for the offense, 
with the music really loud and you've got the Guns N' Roses going in that final period, he is going up to the line of scrimmage to yell at his offensive lineman. It's hand signals. It's silent communication to guys on the outside. You know, these are things that we didn't generally see, obviously, early in Mac Jones's first camp. So he's come a long way. But, Tom, to get to that standard that you're talking about where it was one way for so long, they really need, in my opinion, they need the defense to be much better than I think we all think it will be. And so my ears perked up when I heard from guys like Malcolm Butler and Jalen Mills and Devon Godshaw all say today, the expectation here is to have a championship-level defense. And to me, that's unrealistic, period, point blank, at least right now. But that's what they believe. And Godshaw explained, we all know when we walk in the building, six Super Bowls, the standard's been set. It's been set by Vince Wilfork and Richard Seymour for guys at my position. Bill has set the standard. So we don't even need to talk about it behind the scenes. We all know. And for this is Godshaw speaking, but he says, for me personally, it's Super Bowl or it's a bad season. And that to me is extraordinarily high expectations for a team that I think we all look at and say they're not there yet. But for some reason, they believe that they can be. Do they have a right to talk like that in terms of putting out their aspirations for February? Because the Patriots of the past would just be, look, we're just trying to have a good practice today. So it is an anomaly compared to what the Patriots would talk about their goals. So additionally, we have heard over the course of time, so many teams talk about Super Bowl aspirations, whether it's the unstoppable Dream Team Eagles, or we can line them up and, and knock them down all day long, the teams that say they have Super Bowl aspirations. Is it lip service, I wonder? Does Bill Belichick, not whether we can make it, does Bill Belichick hear that and go, Super Bowl, let's let's just have a good practice. He might. But, Tom, it feels like everybody's trying to speak positivity into the ether over the course of the last 48 hours here. Bill Belichick himself is talking about the tremendous strides his quarterback has taken and all of the the positive steps he's made in his development. He's calling Devon Godshaw one of the best defensive linemen in football after giving him a big extension yesterday. And so it does feel like this is – you know, our buddy Ted Johnson likes to call Bill Belichick the, the new Bill Belichick, chill Bill. It, it does feel like positive Bill. feels like complimentary Bill. And I just wonder if there's an approach being taken being, being take of the old Patriots, which was nobody believes in you, nobody thinks you're going anywhere this year, but we have a damn good team and we know it, and they're comfortable talking about it. And, too, when you're talking about those teams that I referenced, especially the 2010 to, to – 2019 teams those are teams that they walked on to the practice field and why was it miserable for a Brady or an Amendola or a Gronkowski or a Hightower or whoever because they knew they were going to be ground into the ground and they had been chasing the brass ring that was a Super Bowl win every day living it breathing it not without rest these guys are new to the chase they are new to the pursuit Devon Godshaw is new to the pursuit Malcolm Butler's been away from the game. Adrian Phillips has never won one. So there is a novelty to it for them and a freshness to it for them. And I wonder if, as the Patriots made decisions in the offseason, especially with Hightower, Collins, Van Noy, even J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore, more Gilmore than Jackson, but those are guys who had been there, done that, have the shirt. And the weariness that maybe sometimes those guys would register in 
Okay, we here we are at the back of the at the bottom of the hill again, starting to roll that rock. How many of those guys have, have rolled won the championships? Rock? David Andrews, Devin I'm, McCourty, I'm, I'm even just Matt thinking Slater. about the defense, right? Okay. How about just on the defense? Lawrence Guy. Yep. Devin McCourty. Malcolm Butler. Jalen Mills won one with the Eagles. But even here, to know the feeling of that pressure. Devin? It's just not many. For, for guys to be talking about championship-level defense, how many of those guys know what that is? Right. And two. That's enough. I, I, I don't I'm know how many defenses have even three, so, you know, maybe that's enough. But, but, the, but the freshness and the energy that you're, we're seeing, I think, is genuine, whereas these guys who understand it's a friggin' marathon, the guys like Hightower or, you know, who would – be here and understand it takes a long time. McCourty. McCourty. But I think McCourty you sense it from sometimes. Not a fatigue, but a, okay, I'm not going to run around like a terrier here at the beginning of camp. Well, and, and I, he told the camera guys recently, hey, it's going to take us some time to grow. And when I say that, everybody's going to assume that that means we're going to suck early on. I don't mean that, but it is going to take us time to, to grow into how one another plays, and especially some of these young guys, how the game is played at this level. So I think they, there are people who understand it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. They all should understand that. I just felt it was interesting to hear that word, championship yep. level, or that phrase, or that term, and, uh, and have it be associated with this team because I don't, I don't think that's realistic. Especially uttered by a team that didn't force a punt from the Bills. I mean, I, I've said that a thousand times, and I'm going to continue saying it until they play the Bills and make them punt. To say championship-driven after that performance and to have that defense turn over so many people, they have a long, 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 long way to go to be championship-driven. Phil, they, though they to, did look good at the end of practice good. today. They so there good. you go. There's a feather in your cap for uh, this week. We're going to hit you with some numbers here before we bring in our buddy Peter King for his interview. First up, uh, give me three up, three down from the first couple days of camp. If you don't have down, I understand. No, that's okay. Uh, I would say three up. Let's start with Devontae Parker. I thought he had another pretty good day today, even though the offense scuffled at the end. They were hot to start today, Tom, uh, because Mac Jones went 12 for 13 in the seven-on-seven seven periods, and then he completed, I think he was five for five in his first five 11-on-11 11 11 attempts. And Parker, I thought, today might have had the best catch of the practice again today after maybe being the best player in practice outside of Mac Jones on day one where he caught a back shoulder throw, front corner of the end zone. Now Jalen Mills is wearing oven mitts on his hands but he just shows Parker continues to show he's obviously has that big body but he's really coordinated and he can jump and he seems to have pretty good hands Hunter Henry might give him a run for his money on play of the day he also caught a back shoulder throw early in practice with Duggar right on him uh, but Parker's one up for me today I'll give you Josh Bledsoe two more pass breakups today after being in on multiple plays yesterday second year guy sixth round pick out of Missouri he's been in the slot quite a bit he's a safety might be a versatile guy, somebody who could play a little special teams too. He's somebody we should keep our eye on. And Ramondre Stevenson is my last three up because the last two days we've seen him catching the football. Mm -hmm. And we don't know who's going to be their third down guy. I could very easily see it being Ramondre Stevenson, even though he's big. He told us today he's about 225 pounds. He's a little leaner than he was last year. He has good hands, and he's athletic enough to run real routes. So you don't have to force Pierre Strong onto the field or Ty Montgomery onto the field if you don't want to. He could do that, and Harris can handle – a lot of the first and second down stuff. So those are three up for me through two days. As for the downs, again, it's hard to really divine who's down because you know the plays are not going through the end. Um, I have one. Go. Oh. I just thought 
Devin Asiasi could have made more of his opportunities today. I wonder, Tom, do you think they'll keep three tight ends if they don't think one of those guys is really NFL yeah, caliber? I, I, I do, but to me, I, I would imagine that either he or Dalton Keene are on thin ice. And I would have and put... Keene is less of a tight end at this juncture. It, that's why I would have put him maybe behind Asiasi. Asiasi, I think, has played a little bit more. He caught a touchdown maybe in the regular season finale last year. He dropped a pass with no defense on him today. It's not what you're looking for you're looking during for. a special teams period. Uh, there are a couple other attempts that, that go to him, and you wonder, is there a miscommunication between the quarterback or him because of the route that he ran? It just doesn't look clean, doesn't look smooth for a guy who's um, now going into his third season here. So that's one down for me. Um, do you have any while I've been prattling on here? Speaking prattling on, do you have I'm, any that I'm have really, percolated really in your brain? I really, well, I don't love Bailey Zappi's uh, rotating delivery. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I hate, to, I hate to slander him, but he's your backup quarterback. Brian Hoyer took a day off uh, on Tuesday, said it was a, a veteran management day. So Zappi is the, the draft pick um, that will most likely be the backup to Mac Jones at some point, or that's the hope. And he didn't play well in his first ex- extended opportunity in an NFL training camp. What was it that was eluding him? He's just not a great athlete relative, I think, to the other guys. He's smaller. He's not that fast. So what was happening is the Patriots had him on the move to throw. And because he's not that fast and a little smaller, he was running very fast on the rollouts. And I don't think that he was able to get his body in a position to get the ball up over his head and throw it conventionally. So he's sprinting and basically throwing like Nomar across his body, which, as you might imagine, is a little less than ideal in terms of accuracy. Well, and you'll remember the scouting report on Zappi, even before the draft, we talked about him on Next Pats and some other places, prototypical Patriots. I talked to a quarterback's coach who said he, he has borderline NFL caliber arm strength. And so when you talk about getting him on the move, the athleticism piece to that is one thing. The other thing is if your arm is is just getting to the level where you could potentially play in the NFL, once you're on the move and you don't have that foundation underneath you and you're off platform, you don't have the arm strength to make the kinds of throws that you need to make. So I think it's fair to put him in the down category even though he's a rookie. He was in that last period of practice where the Patriots went 0 for 10 on their first 10 snaps, he was 0 for 4 on his. Sorry, Zaps. Well, you'll bounce back. You'll bounce back. Uh, Nick Folk and whoever the other kicker is also are going to get downvoted for just absolutely peppering the media and the family tent with uh, kicks during the the portion of uh, the – well, then they kicked. Um, I caught mine yesterday. You did. They come in hot. And Phil actually caught it on the way down. Yeah, I didn't even have a chance to track it. It's just that's all instinct and athleticism. All instinct. Remember that time we had that media football game? Yeah. Remember that slant I caught from Zolak? He ripped it in there about 70 miles an hour, and I just plucked it right out of midair for a touchdown. Drew Brees lofted throw that I put on your mitts? No, I don't remember that one. All right, guys, uh, here's Peter King. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? 
more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Oh, looky here. It's our NBC brethren. Peter King, the legend, in the flesh. What project are you working on this summer as you go around training camps? Just trying to get to know teams. I, Tom, this is the 39th year I've taken training camp tours. And what's so interesting is that every year I come to a place and I say, oh yeah, Malcolm Butler is here. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. You know, things, because there's 90 players here you know, you look out and you say, wow, Malcolm Butler's here. And then you look out and you say, wow, Bill Belichick's coaching the quarterbacks a lot. So my project is trying to get to know more about the Patriots than I did at 7 o'clock this morning. And that's really what I try to do. I'll see 19 teams. And that's really what I try to do. It's funny, as you look at the stands here, you were here during the salad days of Super Bowl wins. As you look at the stands, they are obviously not going to be as stacked as they were when the defending Super Bowl champions were here, and it's Randy Moss or Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman and Wes Welker and Tom Brady and Ty Law. It's, it's a, a metamorphosing, a changing team. How about yeah. a morphing team? Let's go with that. Well, and the other part of it is that if you look at the fans, they're still madly in love with this uniform, this franchise, these people, and it's all in Bill We Trust. Obviously, they haven't drafted well, but they come out here and they see Devontae Parker come out and make a great catch and say, wow, maybe Devontae Parker is what he was in 2019 and not what he was the last two years. And, you know, and it's easy for people in the, at the end of July to overlook the fact that, hey, there really isn't a veteran offensive coach running a second-year quarterback who really needs a good offensive mind. So we'll see how all that goes. But, again, I'm not one of those people who says, oh, my God, it's an absolute disaster they didn't name an offensive coordinator. I just look at it and said, Belichick must have looked at the resources he had available, like on March 1st, and said, well, Josh McDaniels is gone and I'm not gonna be able to replace him with anybody nearly as good, so let's start from scratch the way I once did with Josh McDaniels. But the interesting thing about that is that would never, ever, ever have been plan A. Right. That's the first portion, and the second portion, of course, being everybody knew Josh McDaniels was gonna go on interviews annually and eventually get an opportunity. Right. So that's, you know, if Joe Judge is the quarterback's coach and he's gonna shepherd Mac Jones in the second year, it's not like Bill was sitting there in December saying, boy, I hope Joe Judge gets fired so he can come in and take over for our guy. It just wasn't plan yeah. A. And I think that's what the interesting thing is. But as we talked about before we came on, to me, Mac Jones is everything you ever wanted in a beer. Unless no, he was, uh, he's everything you want in a quarterback. 64 calories. So 
I mentioned that he is as close to Brady, not just because he's out here on these fields, but I think league-wide, if you said who is an incarnate of Tom Brady, not with the resume, but with the attributes, he would be that guy. Look, 20 years ago, Tom Brady was just barely becoming Tom Brady. So for anybody who says, oh, Mac Jones has a ceiling, Mac Jones this, that, or the other thing, I always laugh at that because when... When Mac Jones was in high school, you know, I think it was in The Athletic, I forget, but, but I read his old quarterback coach in high school said he was just surrounded by haters. People who recruited were haters. Everybody was haters. He goes to Alabama, and everybody thinks he's, oh, he's a nice little roster filler guy. And meanwhile, this idiot goes back to his room on Saturday night, and instead of going out and having 16 beers, He's throwing balls into a net in his room in Tuscaloosa. He, he just, look, this, you know, Tom, you remember the story, okay? Scott Pioli tells this story that when Brady was a rookie in training camp, one night he goes by the, uh, I, I guess the indoor facility, the bubble, and he sees some lights on it, said it's 930 at night. Pioli being conscientious, saying, well, geez, I guess they forgot to turn the lights off. Maybe he'll go over and turn the lights off in the bubble. <clears throat> and he goes in there, and there's Tom Brady practicing dropbacks and throwing ball into, balls into a net from 35 yards. And he goes, Tommy, what the hell? It's 930. And he goes, hey, Scott, don't tell anybody. You know. And so when I read things like about Mac Jones... I feel almost exactly the same way as I feel when I hear stories like that. So, look, it's ironic and all that, uh, but, and the other thing is, he just has it down mm -hmm. mentally. He knows, you know, as he told me, he goes, you know, because I said, what about all the people in your life who were You, you spoke to Mac? To, yeah. On, okay. Yeah. We'll look for that. Yeah, well, I said, what, what is he... What, you know, he said Nick Saban basically, honestly, said to him one day, he goes, hey, listen, if, and I'm paraphrasing badly, but if everybody who had something bad said about him publicly, nobody would be playing, you know. And, and I think, so I think he's done a good job. What's, I think what's really good for Mac Jones personally is not just that he's had Saban and Belichick. It's that he's been in two programs where uh, nine and eight not only is not tolerable, but eventually nine and eight will get you fired. Mm -hmm. So he understands that he's got to be really, really good right now. And it looks like he's ready. Now, what about the skill players around him? We'll see. But, uh, I mean, you gotta, you better get it, have a very good year out of uh, – Devontae Parker. Yep. I and, think. Yeah. and I think Bill really needs to have a good year, too. I mean, we heard the conversation <laughs> that Robert Kraft really broached at the owners' meeting, saying it's been three years since we've had a playoff win, which might seem, wow, what an ingrate, <laughs> considering all that Bill has done. But it's the same measure by which Bill judges himself judges and his judges his team. Yeah. So do you find that to be a dynamic that has been scrutinized enough because i don't think it really has i mean bill belichick has an unconventional offensive coaching staff has had a three-year run in which they haven't won a playoff game and they haven't drafted well 
I don't know if he's no, on notice, but Robert Kraft certainly has said that he has noticed. There's only one person in the organization who can put Bill Belichick, whether you say on notice or whether you just say, hey, I'm just looking at reality. You know, legend doesn't matter on training in training camp at the end of July. You know, the only thing that matters is trying to find a way to beat the Buffalo Bills, who right now are significantly better than you are. So that is what's important, and I think Kraft realizes this. A few years ago, remember when Kraft said I could see him being like Warren Buffett and coaching till he was 80 and all that stuff? I don't doubt that Belichick could coach several more years beyond the whatever year that he passes Don Shula. The question is, will he stumble to the finish line uh, of his career, or can he build another championship team with Mac Jones at the center of it? And look, I think Mac Jones gives him a great shot yep. because if you if you look at all the teams, especially, I think it's way too early in Jacksonville because it was mayhem there last year. Sure. Now they have Doug Peterson. But if you look at the other two teams right now that are planning to play 2021 first-round quarterbacks this year and play them in very prominent roles, you got Trey Lance, Nobody is sure of Trey Lance. Right. You got Justin Fields. A lot of doubt about Justin Fields. And, and I would make the argument that right now, the 15th pick in the draft and the fourth quarterback picked, right? Fifth, even Zach Wilson. So Zach, I forgot almost Zach forgettable. Wilson. Yeah. But, but anyway, the fifth quarterback pick, I think most people who watch this game would say, who are good at it, would say that right now the quarterback drafted fifth has the best chance to have the best season of those five quarterbacks. So Bill Belichick, again, tethered to a young quarterback with a tireless work ethic. And we'll see how Bill's autumn, even winter goes. Hey, thanks again. Thank you, Tom. Good being with you. you too.